Hello and welcome to episode 58 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for weekly drunken Magic the Gathering Arena content. Yeah, basically we're just regular dudes drinking irregular beers, talking about Magic the Gathering, and in particular, their online client, MTG Arena. That's right, and it's a new year! We are recording. This is, uh, what, I guess technically our third year doing the podcast? No, just the the third... year as far as dates go uh that we are doing this which is exciting i like it we've been doing it for three years yeah yeah. we'll we'll, we'll stick with that not just like wait why haven't you improved yeah well why does it sound the same as before um (laughs) all right we got a great show for you we're just going to talk about the last year that we had and see how different arena is and how different the arena regulars are I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but first, each week we both bring a beer, we drink our own, then drink each other's, rate them on a scale of bronze to mythic, and choose the best for last. But this week, we actually, once again, have two beers that we are drinking at the same time, which I actually kind of like. I like the, the drink and the beers at the same time thing. Yeah, exactly. So for those of us that listened to the last episode, which was like last year, yeah. Um, <laughs> I made a mistake when I was in Hamilton. I visited a few breweries, picked up some beers for the show, and did not buy enough. We each usually have to bring two of each beer, and I only got two of each beer total. So what we're doing instead is we are doing a tap takeover from Merritt Brewing Company in Hamilton. And so we're going to do two of their beers uh, and then I guess for the third one, we'll just do whatever it's from our fridge or something. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, but in any case, this first one, Jeff, do you want to introduce us to the first beer that we're drinking? Okay. The first one I got was Weather Station. And I got this in particular because of the style. And it is an extra special bitter. Mm. Uh, so if people don't know what an extra special bitter is i don't blame you they're pretty hard to find i think it's even kind of named after like fuller's because fuller's had their beer extra special bitter okay that's where it got its name i think don't quote me on that Um, but it basically kind of means like a british version of a pale ale so it has that british malty forwardness that i like in a lot of beers Um, but it's a little closer to american sensibilities with hoppiness and it's pretty crisp it's it's a little drier than you would usually get from like a, an a English ale. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of a, this weird blend between a, an English brown and like a pale ale. Mm. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I actually like them, but they're not a particularly popular style, so super hard to find. So when I saw it, I was like, well, we got to do an ESB. Yeah. This might even be the first one we've had on the show. I don't know. This is definitely the first one we've had on the show and maybe the first one I've ever had. Um <laughs> I've definitely heard of yeah, the style it's not a popular before, style. but it's very, it's not popular, and um, uh, yeah, I am, uh, I'm excited to keep drinking this one. So to see a craft brewery doing it too, and also on the, the label, it's called Weather Station, and then it just says ESB. So it's clearly like for people who know what that is, or if you don't know what it is, whatever, it's just, you know, it's just, it's a, just beer. a beer, which is exactly what I thought when I was looking at it. Cause I didn't know what it was for the longest time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, well, this one's a, you know, a, you know what the other style we're doing tonight is. It won't spoil it, but yeah. uh, this one's just like, why does it say ESB? <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, anyway, it's 5.8% and it is going to go down real easy. Cause it's been a while. But we're back, baby. (laughs) I'm excited. All right. We have some magic news. We had the Arena Decathlon, if you got to play in it over the holiday break. 
and uh, boy, was it awesome. Uh, the finals it are was, actually yeah. this weekend, and if you spike the finals, you get one set of every card in Neon Dynasty, which is the ultimate prize. Uh, well, I had said how I wasn't going to be able to play in it because I was going to Idaho. However, Omicron destroyed my plans, and I did not get to go anywhere for the holidays, which is a bummer, except for the fact that I got to play a whole heck of a lot of the Decathlon, <laughs> and it was awesome. I loved it. Uh, Jeff, did you get to play at all? I know you're were, you're were doing some family stuff, but yeah, I did. I uh, get to play a little bit. So I was busy with family stuff almost the whole time, except for the first day or two. First mm -hmm. day or two of the decathlon came before we actually left. Uh, so I got to play in two events right away. I played in the um, sealed, mm -hmm. which was half Midnight Hunt and half uh, Crimson Vow, and I got to play in um, the new player decks uh, yeah. like you know brawl which I, which was actually a lot of fun mm -hmm. uh, and then whenever i had time i tried to like squeeze something in but so i was able to get tokens from those first two events when i had a bit of time but you know playing on my phone in like my uh you know family-in-law's house while people were busy was uh, less successful, and I tried a few different events doing that, and I, I didn't do well in any of them. So I never got my third token. Oh, dang. <laughs> oh, rough. That's that's a bummer to hear. Um, I could actually... If we combined to be one player, it would be really great, because I ended up getting eight tokens. Oh, <laughs> So <crap. laughs> I, I played every event except for the ones during Christmas Eve and Christmas. Uh, so I didn't play in those two that were there. But mm -hmm. every one I played in, I played until I got the token, which actually the new player deck one took me like five or six tries to get that one. Because ah. for whatever reason, I couldn't do it. And it was really... You didn't just pick Rakdos like I did? I did. I played time. Rakdos so many times and I couldn't get the treasure hunt deck to work. And I was like, well, it would work until the last match or something. And then I would just get beaten by something or the mirror. Or, ugh. Anyway. I had some close calls in that run, like... I sh actually should have lost in the, like, what ended up being my sixth win, mm -hmm. but my opponent made a, a, a misplay that they didn't understand a certain card interaction, and they made a big mistake. It was, like, um, targeting my ward, mm. discard a card guy with the last card in their hand, Got which was it. a removal spell, mm -hmm. and so it just fizzled. And so it fizzled. Um, oh, that's a bummer. Thinking... And I think it was even worse than that, because I think their last removal spell was a fight spell that they used in response to my removal. And so it just, like, fizzled the fight spell, and their guy died, and they were out of cards. And, Yikes. That's uh, rough. But they had really? me if they just drew a card and then killed my thing, because mm -hmm. I had nothing else going on. Yeah. It was something similar to that, where um, if you don't... Like, ward is a bit confusing, so if you don't know how that works, mm -hmm. that's a mistake a lot of people make, so they'll probably never make it again. That's true. Um, or... They'll say that Arena screwed up, and it's... Uh, <laughs> right, true. Because the way a lot of discard effects work, it's like, oh, if I don't have cards to discard, it doesn't do anything. Yeah. Well, Ward is particularly, like, intentionally different than that. Mm -hmm. right? uh, if you don't have the card to discard, your, your spell is countered. Exactly. Um, it's like an additional cost. So... Um, but yeah, I had a ton of fun with the Decathlon, and it seemed like there were a lot of new players also playing it, which was great. Um, yeah, I felt a little bit bad because sometimes when you go into like uh, standard or like alchemy ones, you'd, you'd play up against someone that was obviously playing their like cards I own deck. 
and you're like, oh man, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, uh, I feel bad. Um, but I was happy that the people were playing it and just like trying it. Like, hey, it, it was cheap enough that anyone could try and just like, I'll just jump in. So yeah, exactly. I was happy to see that. That was good. Not, not me, man. I went four and three in standard, and I'm pretty sure six of those were um, or four and two. I guess it's two losses. It was two losses. Yeah. Uh, and minus one so five of them were uh, is it turns decks Ooh, that's <laughs> so, rough when you're playing traditional yeah. standard what were what was and i game? got i got knocked out on game three of a match i was supposed to win and then they uh i knew they had epiphany plus the copy mm-hmm. but i only had one counter spell but i knew that's all they had yeah so they they needed a land to play it and they had no cards in hand they drew the land and did then... the combo they got the extra turn and mm-hmm. then they drew leer off the top which let mm. them like recast all their stuff to, to gods my board. So it was just like, yeah, you had to hit land, untapped land for the epiphany this turn. And then let think Lear is the only card in their deck. Cause I had like five lethal creatures mm-hmm. and they didn't care about burn down the house uh, because I had a, a land that would kill them too. Gotcha. So Lear, Lear was pretty much the only thing. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, now I remember why, like I haven't played standard in a while and it's bringing back some memories, you know, <laughs> playing against this deck five times in a row and then getting cold top decked out of the game from them it's just like yeah that's how this deck works like, yeah well did you play early on in the event yeah i i had to play like that morning before things got going yeah because i was um continuing to do my arena open uh luck luck strategy there we go my arena open strategy yeah, which strategy. is play the event closer to the end so everyone who was gunning for it earlier has already got their token and not playing anymore so then I get to play against people that haven't got it like myself, and I feel like I might have a better chance. However, when I was playing traditional standard, I was like, okay, I'm going to wait because I know I'm going to get trounced. This is the last one I was playing, and I was like, I just kind of want to have it to have eight because it'd be fun. Um, and I ended up going five and one, but the only loss I had was to Sam Pardee, and he oh, wrecked me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Right. There's me. no shame in that. It was, yeah. And I would have, my winning in, my opponent was playing Epiphany and they ended up uh, getting mana screwed. So that was very lucky because I had a bad matchup. I was playing mono black zombies. <laughs> so. Nice. <laughs> but anyway. He's an MPLer now, right? So. Yeah, exactly. No shame. Playing against, you know, the uh, somebody that was in the world championship and who almost made it to the top and, four. Yeah, very close to top fouring him. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I just think the decathlon was wonderful. I really liked it. I'm excited for the finals this weekend. So, um, good luck to everyone who is playing in that this weekend and cheer me on. Jeff, I wish I would give you an extra entry because I have too many. Uh, I'm going to... uh, Yeah, unfortunately, you have both the entries I have. So, if I could, like, return the favor and give you one, it would be useless. Yeah. I mean, like, if I had... The other two, I would be qualified for the qualifier weekend, which would have been really cool. But uh, what are the two you missed? Um, if you remember all the events, I guess that's hard to. I don't remember the events I didn't play, so that's that right, is the hard exactly. thing. So, um, I, did you do the turbo draft? I did. Oh man, yeah. turbo draft was amazing. <laughs> oh, it was so fun. If if you got to play, um, sorry, I, I don't want to talk about the decathlon forever. But the Strixhaven Turbo Draft was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Um, I have a screenshot of like a three rare pack that I opened. And it even had Stone Rain in it. And I was looking, I was like, I don't think Stone Rain's going to be very good in Turbo Draft. 
And so over all of those cards, I just first picked a letter of acceptance because that's like you need a letter of acceptance in your deck to, to be great. It's a mox. It's a mox uh, that also draws you a card later. So um, it's better than And it's mox. like a mox for any color. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's amazing. So, uh, but it was a ton of fun. Um, and then you get to play a bunch of like colorless spells. It was, it was great. I, I liked it a lot. Anyway, we have some more magic news as we continue to try to get through this. Um, but William Huey Jensen has accepted the job title of director of play programs at Wizards of the Coast, which makes me think that maybe we have a good person in charge of competitive play, possibly. If that is what that title means, I don't know what it means. I don't know what they do. But it's got to, right? It's like, got to mean something, you know? Yeah. I was just, you know, excited to see this announcement. You know, I love Huey, so I'm going to be bummed. I'm going to be bummed that I don't get to see any high stakes matches of his because some of his from this last year were actually some of the best ones. Mm -hmm. uh, like the old Shark Typhoon battle days. He oh, was my gosh. To be a master, master of that. Uh, so sad on that front, but I was just excited to see that they're hiring somebody with this title. And then, of course, happy to see, you know, somebody great uh, and who is clearly passionate about the community been a part of competitive play for like 20 years uh get the job too yeah. so shows me that they care at least a little uh, i don't know exactly what they care about but they care about something was this their idea was okay we're gonna get rid of the mpl because it's not really working and we'll hire mm -hmm. the mpl people to run all of our tournaments because they know it better than anybody else <laughs> And then decide right, yeah. what like, would be Who best. knows the tournament scene better than Huey? Exactly. He's been doing it for a really long time. Um, anyway, congratulations, uh, Huey. That's really wonderful news. We're so excited. And uh, mm -hmm. hope um, you like your job and you do a great job. I'm really, really happy. All right. Yeah, do a good job. Do a good job, else. Huey. Uh, Jeff, let's talk about the last year. A lot of things happened last okay. year. Holy crap. Yeah, no kidding. We had five major sets with a lot of supplementary ones and a bunch of new arena updates. Oh. Yeah, it's not till like we put all these notes together where I'm like, damn, a lot of stuff happened. Yeah, and I think that happens every year when you're looking at magic stuff. You're like, holy crap, there's a lot of stuff. And mind you, we're only talking about things that happened on arena. This isn't even just cards that were printed. Oh, totally. Like, we're not even, still like... There's a lot of other yeah. stuff that happened. Secret layers and things. Secret layer, that, yeah. yeah. I was trying to remember the name of it. Yeah, I like don't know anything about because I don't... I don't worry about it, but boy. There's a ton of like cross, uh, you know, we only have D&D &D in terms of venturing into other IPs, IPs. but uh, <laughs> uh, the paper world has seen more. Exactly. So, uh, Jeff, where should we start? Should we just talk about some major sets, some of our favorite ones, some things? Yeah, so maybe I'll just uh, remind you which sets came. Uh, Call Time started us off. We moved into Strixhaven School of Mages. Then the uh, controversial D&D set Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, and then the Innistrad duo, which I'm sure you're familiar with, Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow. Um, overall, like, none of these sets jumped out to me as like, oh, I didn't like that one so much. Mm -hmm. as, mm -hmm. as like failures, you know? Often there's kind of one where you're like, that didn't hit for me personally, not that it's not a commercial success or good for the game, stuff like that. There's usually one set that I just didn't identify with that much. And I didn't really find that this year. Uh, I thought it was going to be Strixhaven when I like looked at it beforehand, mm -hmm. and then I kind of liked Strixhaven more than I a lot more than I thought I was going to. So now I look back on this, 
Um, and despite not being a D&D player, I also thought maybe that one wouldn't be for me. Uh, and that probably is my least favorite, but it's sort of by default. I just kind of really liked a lot of the other ones. Yeah, I think I agree with you a lot. Um, the one I was most hesitant about was actually the Strixhaven School of Mages and not the D&D right. one. Um, just because I thought, you know, how are the D&D tropes not going to Yeah, yeah, over? I just meant like there'd be a lot of stuff that I didn't get. Um, yeah. And so it'd be, you know, nothing special. Exactly. Like, Though, I mean, with that, it was fun to learn a lot of those D&D things because I didn't know some of the fun little jokes. And it was cool to see a lot of the D&D players in the magic community come out and explain things. So I, I did like that. Um, totally. Though, if we went back, I think I would have wanted to push Strixhaven to the summer and then make another two mini set thing. So it would have been like two call times. Strixhaven and then two Innistrads. I think that's what I would have preferred. Just because Kaldheim was so sweet, but so smashed together. Yeah, I felt like they tried to fit a lot into one set. Like, let's do a snow theme, and then Mm -hmm. let's do a tribal theme for, like, 30 different tribes. And then let's do, like, you know, let's do gods again. And Mm -hmm. it's like, holy crap, there's a lot of themes in this set. And they, none of them felt that fleshed out, like... Snow only appears in standard because Faceless Haven was good. Yeah. It's like, if you didn't have Faceless Haven, you would never see any snow cards in standard, you know? Except for, I guess, Blood on the Snow did a a little bit. Yeah. Again, if Faceless Haven wasn't around, would that deck exist either? Like, who knows? And even if Faceless Haven was a 3-3, you know? Would that... Yeah, yeah. would anyone play it? Would everyone play it? Who's to say? And And then literally, because of one point of power... Nobody plays mm-hmm. snow. That would be crazy. Yeah, that'd be wild. Yeah. So I don't know if uh, if standard could have handled two call time sets though. Like man, there was some, like that's the most powerful set of the year by far. Like all the yeah. strongest cards uh, that plagued standard are pretty much all from call time. Yeah. Or would one of the call time sets have Goldspan Dragon and the other one would have had Orn's Epiphany? So it wouldn't feel like they're the same you know you would have felt smarter for pairing them together maybe (laughs) Um, like the devs told you to do it yeah uh but really like i think you're right as always 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 i think i can't really think of magic sets that where i'm like oh i hated this one that doesn't Mm -hmm. oh like that really just doesn't happen um so there's like one or two that i actually dislike like of all time that i've played and it was much more common way back in the day. <laughs> yeah, so Battle for Zendikar, and I did not like, um, what's the one with the dinosaurs? And the... Oh, Ixalan. Yeah, I didn't like that one either. Right, um, right, right, right. And I will say, probably if back in those days, all I did was draft, really, for Ixalan. Mm-hmm. If all I did was draft, I may have hated D&D. Yes. And I think that might be a reason why I'm a little worse on D&D than you, because I did draft a lot and just kind of drafted it. And got pretty right. tired of uh, the the color disparity. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, um, talking about some supplemental sets, though. Because we did have two historic anthologies, um, Jumpstart Historic Horizons, and Alchemy. So, so the thing is, when you, when you wrote this down, I totally forgot about Historic Anthology 4 and 5. Yeah. Like, right? does, he, does he mean, like historic horizon nope historic horizons is the next one were there really two historic anthologies and i looked back i was like oh yeah it's like death shadow was the best card in one of them randomly <laughs> and nobody played it 
Um, that's incorrect. I played it, and it was not good. <laughs> oh, so my mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out without fetch lands, it's a lot worse. Um, yeah, I, I honestly forgot about those, but they have some fun cards. It's just like, I don't know. It, it's something I wanted to speak to a bit later, too, just about like Historic's kind of identity crisis it went through. Uh, through the year yeah i mean uh, those are emblematic of it I think. when we talk about the supplemental sets for um arena it really is like everything that goes into historic is the supplemental stuff we get um and then we just got this new format that has some supplemental stuff that we'll be getting into as well but um yeah with historic and i mean historic anthologies went like boom boom right after one another kind of at the beginning of the year and then i think they just kind of pushed them out and were like, yeah, there's four and five. And now we're going to light everything on fire just <laughs> constantly. Yeah. Do you remember we were like, <laughs> now I remember, okay. Historic anthology four and five were really for uh, historic brawl. Yes. They just hadn't announced it yet. So it seemed strange. Like they hadn't actually made historic brawl a format yet. Mm. And so it was like, we were making uh, speculation based on the anthologies that historic brawl must be coming. Cause why else would they, make these it's like oh look all the praetors and a bunch of weird commander cards and like why are you putting these in historic these have nothing yeah. these don't help any of the no decks. one's gonna play any of these <laughs> and the death shadow's not fooling me that this was for competitive play mm -hmm. like, <laughs> so and then they're like you want competitive play jumpstart historic horizons everything is messed up now yeah <laughs> well yeah so that was messed up but i think another one that i didn't write down that kind of feels like a supplemental product into Historic is the Mystical Archive. Yeah, that's right. Strixhaven was the first real, like, like Historic is messed yeah. up now. Hey, look at this format. And then just pours gasoline on it and lights a match, throws it in. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> what the fuck just happened? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it blew up everything. Although Faithless Looting is still legal, which kind of boggled my mind when I was looking at your... Uh, the bands that we had in this year. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, I do want to talk about alchemy a little bit later and some more of the like bigger changes that we have, but let's talk about some band cards. Um, okay. Because we did have some, some big, big bands that happened. Um, there's a, there's a good amount of them, but I was surprised to look back over 2021 and be like, Oh wait, nothing was banned in standard. Yeah. Now part of that is like, if they weren't, if they didn't know they were making alchemy, would Alrun's Epiphany have gotten banned? That's a good question. Like, they, they kept using some sketchy reasons for not banning it, and then they're like, hey, by the way, we have this new format, alchemy, where you don't have to worry about it. And I was like, all right, so that's why they didn't ban it, because mm -hmm. they wanted alchemy to be different, actually be different from standard. Um, and that this was a great incentive. You don't have to play against Alrun's Epiphany anymore because we made it suck. Mm -hmm. um, Except for people still play it. So I think it's like nothing got banned with an asterisk because there were some, maybe some ban-worthy stuff. Mm -hmm. The other thing that happened, of course, is like these cards were kind of under the radar until Throne of Eldraine rotated out, which was in the fall. Yeah, that's true. So it's like, you know, everyone knew Goldspan was good and Alrun's Epiphany was good, but it was kind of getting overshadowed by the outrageous cards from, from, uh, it was being Eldraine. shadowed by the throne. Yeah. It, that's right. Most of last year was in that shadow of, well, you know, you're playing Eldraine cards. That's what a lot of this is. Maybe that's why it kind of 
you know, things kind of brushed by you and it doesn't feel like a lot of the sets had a lot to do because we didn't really get to see a lot of them happen until this fall. And Alderman's Epiphany made a huge impact. People kind of like to talk about how it didn't, it wasn't a big card on its release. It's like, yes, it was. It birthed the entire archetype of Sultai Ultimatum. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't the card that you thought you were losing to. You thought you were losing to Ultimatum. But if there was no Alderman's Epiphany, you wouldn't be losing to Ultimatum. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes the deck just beat you with, with Alderman's oh, Epiphany yeah. anyways. So it was just like, was it Ultimatum that was the problem? Or was it really just Alderman's Epiphany the whole time? It was just kind of wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. Because you got like a choice whether you wanted to lose to Epiphany, or right? You but you to always lose... had to pick Alrin's Epiphany, and like think about that. Mm -hmm. You know, they the the whole combo is I pick three cards, and Alrin's Epiphany is so good that you can't let me have that one, so I get the other two. That's true. It's like that's the quote unquote combo. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, but as far as bans in historic, so we did get uh, Omnath officially was banned this year in historic. Yeah, no, uh, I don't think anybody's surprised by that. Yeah, which was from suspended, so it's the it's not it was even suspended, and then they were like, "No, there's never a good time to bring this back into the format unless we change it." Yeah, unless we change exactly. it. And now it's. I sucks. think it actually is in the format. Yeah, um, and then yeah, it is in the format now. You're so right. it's banned, but legal, guys. Just it got remember banned. that. However, it is legal. Um, and then Uro, Titan of Nature's Wrath, also was banned this year. Yeah, do you remember when Historic was all, like, green-blue, basically Sultai, like, mid-range fest? It was, like, Sultai and Bant. Yeah. Like, that feels so different than what it looks like It feels so different. Because then we also went through the Thassa's Oracle thing. Uh. <laughs> right? <laughs> that was a fun phase. That was a fun little couple weeks, you know? <laughs> I still think that deck is, like, waiting in the wings. It's just so hard to build now that people can't be bothered when they can just build Phoenix. Is it Phoenix or whatever? Totally. I still think there's something there. Yeah. Just because it's also, like, it's hard to build because to, to build it right, you have to have a bunch of one-ofs of a bunch of random stuff. And you need right. almost every... To, to be able to play around and figure out which cards go in the deck, you, you need to have kind of all the cards. You can't just keep wasting single wild cards on just random stuff if you're like oh i think this will be good or i don't know so um yeah it's uh I, i'm happy it's gone though the tainted pack Thassa's oracle thing uh happy it's gone it was not fun to play against <laughs> and i remember for a while it was like a ladder thing and then i was like ah it's a joke ladder deck and then I ran into it in, like, some of these competitive Star City Games events I was playing, and I just got smoked. And so it was after, like, an event or two of that where I think we had predictions coming up for some championship. I'm like, no, that deck's going to win because, I, I don't know, I can't beat it mm -hmm. with anything. So <laughs> um, I think it just went, it was so fast from going to random ladder deck that's just a joke to this is by far the best thing in the format. And part of that is, like, pros get their hands on it and just tweak it, and then it's, like, suddenly it's unbeatable. Yeah. Know? And that was, you know, of course, it, it uh, got banned right after a, um, a uh, one of the league weekends. That's just, yeah, that was, like, probably the biggest whirlwind deck of the that just got, like, zero to hero to ban, you know, within a, a few weeks, basically. Yeah. The other thing that was, like, not as fast but close was when we um, time warp was ruling the format, which right. classic. This whole year was kind of about extra turn spells. There's but that was like after this, right? This got mm -hmm. banned, and then that let Time Warp 
Delamarcus rise stuff, up kind of, and then yeah. go to the championship, I think, and then mm. immediately have to get banned after that. Um, but there was like this whole year was the talk of, Hey, extra turn spells shouldn't be a thing that there's a lot of people exclaiming every extra turn spell should be banned. Yeah. Just, just get rid of them. Just get rid of them. I feel like the number of people that really enjoy them, is just not worth the number of people that really hate them. Yeah. <laughs> Unless, you know, there's a, an extra turn spell that's like, you can only play this if you have two or fewer lands or something like <laughs> Or the, like, you lose the game ones are fine. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, totally. Take an extra turn, at the end of that turn, you lose. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm fine with that. You That's got one bullet, fine. go for it. Just don't push it, wizards. Don't make it, like, one red mana or some shit. Yeah. Then I'll hate, I'll hate it. <laughs> <laughs> one red instant, can't be countered. Just like, that Classic, one. Where, wherever yeah. they're going to take this damn thing. Whatever that make, is. Make five eight eights. <laughs> what is this card? <laughs> what, what is this? Um... But yeah, so Time Warp left, and then quickly we had some more blue spells, which was Brainstorm and Memory Lapse over the summer. And Tybalt's Trickery was in there at some point. I don't really even remember when that one got banned. So Tybalt's Trickery was mostly best of one. Like, they just kind of threw it in, I think, with Memory Lapse. Um, right. But it was a problem in best of one. And then they were like, you know what? Like, let's just not let people play this deck, and even in best of three. It just mm -hmm. sucks. Screw this deck. <laughs> Because somebody actually came up with a pretty clever sideboard strategy for it that turned it into like a reasonable best of three deck that would win like 70% of the time in game one and then just had to fight for that. You know, it just has to win one more game. So mm. if it can get up to like 40% in game two and three, it's okay. And so it was just like, nah, none of that. No more. Just no more of these shenanigans. And it's a card you have to worry about anytime you print anything. How does this interact with Tibble's Trickery? And mm. like, just, just get it out of just, here. We don't need it. Um, I'm the only one in the world that wanted to use that card, like, fair. You wanted to use it in <laughs> Like, the... to actually counter my opponent's spells, I mean. Yeah, which was literally what they... Did they print it wanting to be like that? Or did they... they... Yeah, they thought that this messing with the top of your own library would be enough that you couldn't combo with it. And, of course, they were wrong. Yeah. But, uh... So, maybe it has to be more like that tutor that we got that's like the... Um... The, the, the tutor that's uh, exile the top 13 cards of your library and then search for a card. I like the idea. Like, you mill yourself, but a random amount, so you can't prepare for it. Mm -hmm. So you can't just set up the top of your library how you want. But they underestimated the cleverness of the hive mind in order to break stuff. So. They always do. They always do. Yeah. <laughs> so... Meanwhile, I'm sitting here, like, with Thalia, like, countered. Oh, is that a non-creature spell? You can't cast it, because you're tapped out. <laughs> Got him! Got him! Why is this card Why is this card banned? Yeah, this card's so good. <laughs> uh, anyway, those are the banned things, and of course we had some uh, historic cards that were banned on release, uh, which we don't really need to talk about, because they didn't really do anything. But, but, yeah, historic, man. So, we were talking earlier about historic going on, like, a journey. Of like what we expected it yeah. to be when it was kind of introduced, and this whole year it has just just topsy turvy. I don't even know what to say. It's all over the place. Yeah, and obviously COVID had like a huge part to do with that because all competitive play very quickly moved online, and they needed more than one format basically. But certainly, when it was introduced, it was like, hey, this is a casual arena format so that you can use your old standard cards. Uh, because we don't want to, like, give everyone wild cards back every time a new standard set rotates. 
uh, because then they would just not buy the new cards. They'd use their wild cards, mm-hmm. right? So obviously they can't just give you the wild cards back, as some people were suggesting. And so they we have to have a eternal format. It's the only thing that makes sense. Uh, but it was mostly for fun. And then all of a sudden, I think partially because of COVID, and we kind of touched on this before, it just became like a competitive format. All the huge events would sometimes be historic and all the really big ones would be part historic part standard i also think you know they needed something else for the um mpl and rivals to play in like their fuck like all the weekends they had what 13 or whatever how many i don't know it wasn't that exactly right it can't just be standard all the time and they need kind of a safety valve in case standard sucks Mm -hmm. yeah and they also (laughs) didn't know at the time or couldn't figure out how to do uh limited events so obviously we ended up having worlds had a had a limited component Mm -hmm. i don't want to say that means they figured it out because worlds was a different animal with just 16 competitors exactly uh, yeah historic kind of for better or worse became the the format that defined all these competitive tournaments and that made people really zone in on it like hey should you be allowed to play brainstorm in this format which we've talked about this before like brainstorm is a classic card of in the hands of a pro, it's game breaking, and in the hands of, you know, us mere mortals, it's like, what is this card even do. doing for? I don't know what to do. This is, this is so complicated, and like, yeah, I'm just not gonna play this. This is, it's, too, it's, this is too much. It's not that fun. Um, so especially without the kinds of resources that you would have in other formats, uh, as far as like shuffling your deck. But yeah, I, I think we, because at the beginning of the year, it was now it be, had become a tournament format that was like, we're going to use this for tournaments. It's really important. And then it was getting hammered with all these like random cards that weren't really affecting the format and then cards that were super affecting the format. And then when Jumpstart Historic Horizons came around, it was like, Pfft. Yeah, all bets are off. Everything's yeah. off. We're still doing events in Historic, but now we have a bunch of digital-only cards which are changing the entire arena landscape. And we're all trying to figure out, is Historic this tournament format, or is it really just a fun arena format? Like, it does seem to me that they decided it was going to be this, like you were saying, because of the pandemic. Uh, They were kind of, their hand was forced, but they never had intended for it to be this. Um, So it's... I think so. It's been fun to see it move around like that. But I think it's getting to a place where it's like, this is a enjoy the dumpster pile of stuff (laughs) yeah you never know what you're gonna see you go in Um, you make up something and you show off your creation is kind of what it was it might be coming into which i am great that's that's awesome yeah that's where i think it it, like for me personally is where i'd like to see it end up Mm -hmm. a fun format that's casual but has a lot of power you know just because that mostly doesn't uh, exist in 60 cards like that's what people go to commander for is like it's a casual format but it, the power level is crazy high you get to play with some of the best cards magic mm-hmm. has ever seen and like crazy combos and stuff that make you feel awesome when you pull them off and historic can kind of be that for 60 cards where it's like hey it's it's the wild wild west you never know what you're gonna run into some crazy combo deck or whatever but uh yeah it's just fun to play with powerful cards exactly and if it isn't necessarily one of the premier tournament tournament formats, then it isn't, there's a lot of pressure on people to try to buy into historic. And mm-hmm. 
if you're in a, cause it can be expensive. Like the mana base itself is like, you know, expensive, which is like every other format. It's really expensive yes. to have a mana base for whatever game you're playing. It, that's just what magic is. Um, and in this even commander, even, I know you only need one of each, but you need one of so many different lands that it becomes the same thing. And are you really just getting one of each? You, how many commander <laughs> yeah. decks do you have? You know, um, <laughs> how many Nykthoses do you own? There, for your monocolored commander deck. There is a podcast in here somewhere uh, that is <laughs> commander is more expensive than arena, and we're going to uh, you know go through that wall when we get there because well, I, I'm a commander player now, so you yeah you are <laughs> uh, welcome to the club. Uh, but being a, a commander player myself, um, which I unfortunately haven't been able to play in a while, but I'm pretty sure it's more expensive than arena. Just. Arena is my budget option. Well, it's a lot of people. That was always the thing, right? Oh, I don't play modern because it's too expensive. And then it's like, fast forward a year or something. It's mm -hmm. like, how much money are you spend on commander that year? It's like, it's like you could have bought two, three tier one modern decks. Yeah, and then all the cards you've you. I don't know. Anyway. Obviously, not everyone, but it's just I've seen it a few times, and it's just funny how, it's it's a gateway thing. It's modern has a high barrier to entry, mm -hmm. but it's. It's kind of like, it, depending on how long you play, it's less expensive than standard. Although they've kind of changed it. It's a lot like Historic now, where it gets shaken up by okay. supplemental sets yeah. every few months. But back in the day, it was pretty stable. Like, you get your burn deck, that's good. They put uh, they put the supplemental sets into Modern, and then they see which are the problem cards, and then they take the rest of the scraps and throw them into Historic. <laughs> yeah, and then there's some problem cards there. Who knows what they're going to do with them. They figure it out along the way. Um <laughs> But uh, aside from historic, I think that the biggest change that we had that will this year will be defined by digital only cards coming to historic and it being or historic. Sorry, just coming to arena now. Um, yeah, they came to historic first, but mm -hmm. uh, but now now they're even in. There's a whole format around them now. Yeah. So, and I think that's huge. Like this is, I think what we're going to remember this year from is. This is yeah. the year that we got digital only cards and alchemy, and that's going to be the biggest thing. It's definitely the biggest change, you know. Like uh, maybe the new playblade is bigger. I don't oh know. Yeah, 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 maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I think people are going to forget maybe. about. Like I've already forgotten about the playblade thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you know that uh, about the Mac updates and stuff that came this year. That's true. We did get full <laughs> screen. For the, so that's big news for me. Exciting. As a Mac yeah. player, I, I <laughs> it got It just blows my mind that you didn't have that. I, I've brought it up before, but it's just like when you said me that, it's like Mac has full screen. And I was like, How, it didn't have that before? What are you talking about? <laughs> I've talked about it a lot in the podcast, but I've spent more time playing not in full screen than full screen. So um, <laughs> big news for me. Uh, love that. But, no, but yeah, obviously the digital only move is huge. It's caused an uproar in the community. I, for one, it's been all for it because just for once I want to be on that side of things where I'm like embracing change before everyone else. Yeah. Normally I'm like, Oh, I don't know about that. And then I'm like a middle guy after I play it a few times. I'm like, Oh, okay. I could see that. Mm -hmm. That's actually pretty good. So this time I was like, you know what? It always happens that I end up changing my mind. So fuck it. Embrace change. Trust that they tested this and it's fun. Yeah. And I think <laughs> as far as I've seen it so far, you know, I have done the old man yelling and come around to the this is fun and i don't even really think about it that much um we've only had alchemy for a month or so not even and uh, yeah and, and i hadn't played standard until the 
decathlon. Same. I literally, that's why I was playing Mono Black Zombies, because I just looked up decks, being like, all right, this one seems fun. And so... I took my good old rogues list for a spin. It, it hasn't been updated since Crimson Vow, actually. There's no okay, Crimson well, Vow you know, they, you know, some some things have changed. The, yeah. uh, maybe, but anyway, um, but yeah, you're right. Like you were saying, Alchemy is going to be the format that you log in and you play. That's exactly how I feel right now. I've been enjoying it a lot. It's super fun, and mm-hmm. I'm going to have more fun as we continue to change. Um, people have been talking about how they're, they were talking about rebalancing cards every month or so. So, uh, there is a possibility that either this week or next week, we are getting some more rebalanced stuff. So, um, it keeps things fresh and fun and Hey, maybe you don't like spoilers for new cards and new sets, but new rebalance cards seems like a fun, uh, monthly thing. So, yeah. Now, like we both like alchemy, but you know, we should kind of mention that, uh, we're a bit unusual, just, you know, we have a podcast about it, so we play a lot and stuff. That's but true. We're less sensitive to wild cards, like, wild cards we used becoming less relevant than uh, a lot of people. You know, for me, it'd just be like, oh, I spent wild cards on that, now it's a bad card, that sucks, I'll move on, take the loss, but it's not like I can't play anymore, kind of thing, or, you know, so... Um, take that with a grain of salt. We just yeah. love the format because it's fun, but we do have the wild cards to kind of build a new deck if we have to. Yeah. Anyway, but so I do understand the plight yeah. of the, it is hard to get rare wild cards, but hey, if you're in the finals for the decathlon, some wild cards are up for grabs. So there you go. <laughs> Jeff, are you ready yeah. to, uh, to move on? We have a couple hot takes before our beer break that we need to well, get to. I did just want to, um, Wanted a quick overview of the year, let's say. So what was your favorite set that came out in 2021? <sighs> Supplemental or otherwise? Yikes. I'm going to say Historic Anthology 4. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whichever one had Death's Shadow. That's the one I like the most. No. Um, this is... It's always hard to talk about your favorite set because a lot of the times, for me, it tends to be the most recent one because I've been playing it a lot. And, uh, but every once in a while, when I go back and look at the other sets, I'm like, man, I like this set so much. That was so fun. I can't, I just forgot. Um, my answer has some recency bias involved as well. Yeah. Uh, so it is tough as I try to uncloud myself from that. I think I might like Strixhaven the most from a weird standpoint of, uh, I still have cards to read cause I never read all the cards. So that's, it just, well, there's still uh, yeah. you know, new cards. That's fun. Um, but it was probably the most fun for me because I felt the most wrong about it. There are a lot of mechanics in it and the, everything about it, I was feeling very down on and it flipped the yeah. script on a lot of it. And I, I really liked drafting it and there were, a, it was a big chance I think that they took and I like where it landed. Uh, so that might be my favorite, even though all the other planes are so cool and stuff. Uh, strangely, Strixhaven is like, oh, that was really sweet. I like what they did with the mystical archives and uh, some other uh, art stuff that they were doing. So, yeah, that's that's probably it. But but how about you? Yeah, Strixhaven is definitely cool, and I think it's the biggest delta and what I expected from it and how much I liked. And so that's there's something to be said for that for sure. I think my favorite set was Midnight Hunt, though. Hmm. Um, I just really enjoyed playing that, and I definitely drafted it more than any of the other sets on this list by a significant margin. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked, I thought it fell right around 
the proper power level. Like, everyone was complaining that the set was so weak, and then you look at decks that people are playing, and they just have just, just quietly a bunch of Midnight Hunt cards that are kind of making it work, you know, like... Um, I guess the, the egg wasn't so mm-hmm. quiet, but... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, the Fading Memory Hope. Deluge, yeah. for example. Fading Hope, yeah, is randomly in there. Um, just some, like, mono green cards that you didn't think would make a huge difference, but are just kind of around. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was weird because the set definitely let me down on the werewolf front. It, it just wasn't the set I was expecting at all, mm-hmm. I guess. But in the end, I have to look back and be like, it was a fun set. Like, the draft format was still fun. Like, the only thing I look back about negatively about it really is that werewolves were so bad and it's the werewolf set. exactly yeah uh, if i were to just like take the name away and the expectations of it being a werewolf set away it'd be a totally fine innistrad set that um, had some really cool cards in it so. yeah kind of going with this in a, a little bit of a different direction probably but we are now in a world what we've gone we finished our double-faced thing this whole year was double-faced everything right Right. Um, which we had, we had a little bit in, in Zendikar, but then coming into this whole year, everything's like, Hey, guess what? There's a back to this card. Um, right. We had modal and transforming double faces. Yeah. A lot of those. Um, do you have a favorite double faced card from this year? Favorite double faced card from this year. I mean, there are definitely some very cool ones. Um, I've always liked transforming cards in Innistrad that are not werewolves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to think about which ones those were. But off the top of my head, I do like the... Um, what's the the puppet maker? And then he turns into a puppet factor. Oh, yeah. Uh, what is that card called? That card is cool, though. Yeah, I really just liked... I never really play it. I mm-hmm. played it in draft, and it's an absolute house. But it wasn't quite there for standard. Um, but I thought the design of that card was really cool. Poppet Stitcher? Yeah, Poppet Stitcher. Something like that. But it makes, like, the decayed zombie tokens. And then when it flips, it turns all your tokens into 3-3s three without decayed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just really liked the elegance of that, that he's, like, stitching together these shitty zombies that'll fall apart if you touch them. Mm-hmm. But then he's, like, mastered his craft, and he has this whole factory going, and now they're all good and stuff. And it's just like, that's kind of a cool card. Yeah. But, cool. you know, if he really needs to, the boss can, because it would flip back, the boss can come down and, and make some more again. And, yeah. You know, it's a little out of touch, so they suck. But <laughs> That was sweet. I think um, I did enjoy, like, the Dean cycle from Strixhaven was, like, a cool uh, thing to do. But, again, those are the cards mm-hmm. I haven't read, so maybe... There's I didn't, just too much text. I didn't like them very much. I feel much. like nobody plays them, even if they're good, because it's like, I don't know what this card does. I don't know what this I, is. I'm not going to risk it. <laughs> um... But I think the ones I might have liked the most were uh, call, in call time. I can't really decide. I really liked uh, Alrund was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Halvar might be my favorite. Also because we had, you know, guessed that that was going to happen, maybe. Right. That, uh, <laughs> maybe that's why I like it so much because I uh, was uh, guessing, guessing about that. But You guessed Halvar and I basically guessed all right. Yeah, so like, those are yeah. probably my favorite ones because we had already predicted those. Um, but uh, the idea of like one character turning into their weapon or their familiar was uh, was really cool and I, I 
enjoy those cards. Also, Double right. Strike is just amazing. So, you know, how could you not like Double Strike? Yeah, my favorite was actually uh, Henga Gate Pathway. Now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, definitely. That's the white blue run, right? Henge Gate. That's, uh... Sure, sure. Henge Gate. Yeah, yeah, Henge Gate. Um, anyway, Jeff, as we talk about our last year's episode, we have some hot takes from last year that we need to see if they oh, came boy. true or they did not come true. <laughs> oh, no. Um, we went a little overboard. We have 10. I think we should run through them either very quickly or not all of them because some of them don't matter that much. <laughs> but right, <laughs> one of the big ones, we, we were trying to compete with this. I don't think it necessarily matters who won or who lost or any of that. It's not that. It came out pretty even. It's not really about that. Um, <laughs> but um, I don't think anybody won. Nobody won in this case because we, we guessed too many things. Um, we're not going to do that. Yeah. Uh, but I was saying that Historic Brawl would be permanent by July. And I, it was officially announced like in August, but whatever. Close enough. Um, we did get Historic Brawl forever. Um, and it's a permanent thing. And I don't think I've played it since. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but we well, do have it. You were right that mm -hmm. it was going to be a thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then we had Will Uro, Titan of Nature's Wrath, be banned in Historic. Uh, we had by September on this. That ended up being the case. It was banned before that. Yeah, uh, way before that, too. So not even, like, yeah. a little bit. Um, I'm still hoping this will happen, but uh, will deck lists be shareable by friends and opponents? And no, deck lists are not shareable. Uh, that's not a thing. Uh, I still wish it was, but it's not. Will anything be banned faster than Omnath was in 2020, which was 25 days? Technically... Yes. I mean, there were cards that got banned in zero days. Yeah. So, so. does that count? But they, you know, yeah. they came out and were banned already? You know, like... So the spirit of the... the no, the answer no. is no. Nothing, nothing was that egregious. Um, when I, I said yes to this, and the reason was because uh, we were getting, like, Kaldheim spoilers at that point. And I was like, these Kaldheim guards are so good. Like, they haven't... Like... I couldn't tell when they were going to tone down the power level because mm -hmm. they were on that high of like crazy the power fire levels. thing. Yeah. And it was clear that Kaldheim was not that it turns out Kaldheim was like the last set that was high power <laughs> level yeah. because all the other ones like Strixhaven, they really ratcheted it down and mm -hmm. kind of held it there, um, which is why Kaldheim cards are kind of the best in standard. So I was like looking at these previews, you got like showdown of the scalds and stuff. And I'm like, they don't have, they haven't stopped yet, so clearly they're going to print something ludicrous. Yeah. Uh, but, but luckily, no, no, no Omnaths came out this year. Luckily. Um, also, we were on a big high of emotes at the time because uh, Zendikar Rising had just come out when we made these. And uh, we said, will there be over 60 new emotes and stickers? Uh, there we're definitely under that. So. Yeah, we're definitely under that. Um, we got 15 word things in Zendikar Rising and we haven't had a single one since. And now Yeah, so that's why I was like of course it's going to be over a single set has 15 of them. Yeah. You know, like And I was under But then uh, the rest of them had zero. Cuz uh, I think Kaldheim had two stickers and then after that we get like three each and then sometimes some random supplemental ones so uh that's there. The the over under turns out to be way too high on that one. Uh yeah, these next two are kind of together friends drafting so being able to get a f draft together with your friends or like a mythic leaderboard so right now i can log in and tell what number i am in the rankings like oh you're number 615 
but I can't go see who's ahead of me. I can't go see who's number one and so on. Um, neither of those became available, uh, but we thought they were features that people might be looking into introducing because other games have features similar to this. Exactly. And, uh, I, you know, ideally it'd be cool if you could take deck lists from the people at the top, but uh, no. not unless they post it. So, but Not unless Riot makes the game, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Um, uh, we were guessing who the MPL and Rivals winners would be, which we were both very off. Well, to be fair, my guess did win a regular season. Did... So I took I took PV, and he did finish in first, and then they had the elimination where Andre actually like qualified first. I guess. Okay, I was considering that that didn't really matter, and that the winners were really the one who gets in first because I mean what that's definitely the correct way to interpret it. I'm just okay. trying to finagle my way into, uh, but but we can certainly agree that PV did qualify before Gab. That doesn't mean that he won. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just means that, you know, my guy... Sure, beat. sure. Okay, you, you get half a point for that, I guess. And then... Um, uh, and then neither of us picked Ely Cassis to win the, the rivals. No, we didn't. I mean, those are long shots, right? Like, there's so many good players in those leagues. Exactly. I mean, all of it's a long shot. <laughs> the whole fact that we did yeah, this was a long true. shot. Um, these next ones are funny because <laughs> we, at the time... We thought competitive magic, the structure of the MPL and the Rivals, was amazing. Because mm -hmm. we had not run into the weird scheduling yet. Yeah, th this one need, needs explaining. Because the first time that it happened where a tournament of a dead format was being played was Kaldheim. The Kaldheim Championship was the first tournament that did not have any called Or sorry, the Kaldheim League Weekend was the first tournament that did not have any Kaldheim cards yes. in it. So that hadn't happened yet. So we didn't know that they were going to do that weird thing. Where uh, each, if, if you don't know and you hadn't listened to our whole um, fantasy podcasts and stuff, basically last year, uh, for every league weekend, before the new set would come out, they would have a league weekend named after that set with no cards from that set. So the Kaldheim League Weekend was called the Kaldheim League Weekend a week before Kaldheim actually came out. And it was really confusing and weird and boring. A little, little boring. Yeah. <laughs> a little boring. So. Right, because it's like, you know, the new tech of cool decks, I just don't get to play those because the format completely changes next week. Yeah, so. so why are we doing this? Also, most of the decks are just yeah. the same one they played last time. So Yeah, it's the exact same one. So. Uh, that didn't work out. Uh, you know, whether they decided to do that so they could tank the MPL or... Whatever. Whatever they were thinking was going to happen didn't happen. Uh, so that right. is... It didn't line up however they wanted it to. Yeah. Or, or maybe it did. Whatever. But So if, uh, if you go back... We didn't know that. So. Yeah. If you go back and listen to our, la our episode from a year ago talking about it, we were saying how amazing this was. We loved it a lot. There's no way they'll ever change this. Well, obviously it's changing because they killed Pro Magic all the so. <laughs> yeah so uh yeah, we're both wrong on that one yes. and finally would competitive magic return to paper in the year 2021 and uh we kind of snuck this one out here mm -hmm. uh, yeah right at a the couple end. a few events so yeah there were some invitationals yeah. and stuff happened so um before all the other new variants came out um mm -hmm. so great good yeah, they managed to sneak one in. I don't know. We could ask this question again for 2022. Will there you know, be a competitive paper scene? But That's true. It was nice to see some people get together and have a Grand Prix-like experience uh, again. And, and hopefully, you know, I, I don't know if 
the spread from that ended up being dangerous or not. I hope it wasn't. I don't think so. And if that's yeah. the case, then it was nice to see those people get to experience that. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, wasn't able to go to anything like that because they were in Las Vegas or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in any case, um, I think everyone's fine from that. And uh, we'll have to see for this year. But um, Jeff, I'm kind of finished with last year. And I also need another beer. Yeah, finish with last beer, finish with last beer. Finish with last year, finish with last beer. Sure. Yeah? yeah? <laughs> Is that what it... All right, let's go to a beer break. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> this beer break is brought to you by our patrons over at Patreon. That's right. You're already supporting the show just by listening, but if you want to support the show even more, the Patreon is the best and only way to do that. And when you become a patron, you get an exclusive invite to our after party, which is a mini episode recorded immediately after this one where we ramble about non-magic things. Yeah. Plus, and this is the most important part of all, you actually get to vote on which co-host is your favorite by buying me a beer. Or buying me a beer. I, I guess technically that's an option. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I'm pretty sure I'm winning right now, so... Jeff needs a little bit of help. That, that's why I need to skew the results here, Zach. Come on. <laughs> so to help me continue winning, you need to go to patreon.com slash arena regulars to vote on your favorite host, which is me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into these. Okay. This will make as satisfying a sound as when you're popping a beer. It doesn't. Like I can, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> this is, we're still popping beers, but they're just Yeah, bottles. well, are we popping? Yeah, not really. Because they're pop tops. Um, so as we're pouring these, uh, I'll talk a little bit about the beer that we have. So this is also from Merit Brewing Company. It's called Young Rival, which, uh, wow, they really, I do like that name. That sounds nice. Uh, if we were still talking about the Rivals League... Um, right. <laughs> it is a 6% IPA, and that is what I know about it. <laughs> it's got a picture of yeah. uh, some young kids climbing up to the uh, the mountain of hops that's there. They're like playing King of right. the Hill or something. Now, maybe it's worth mentioning some insider knowledge here. Mm. Hamilton is known for its uh, mountain oh. quote. Um, it's kind of just like a pretty big hill. But there's like up the mountain and down the mountain, two different areas of uh, Hamilton. So I see. Maybe that's why it's a mountain of hops. Uh, if you're from somewhere that actually has mountains, you may not be impressed by the Hamilton Mountain. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I yeah probably. You know, speaking to somebody from Colorado, <laughs> I, I may not think it's a mountain, but uh, I get it. I understand the idea. That's because uh, there's a waterfall over there, right? It's. There's, yeah, there's a lot. It's apparently the waterfall capital of, I don't know, the country. Wow, okay. That's right. I have also seen Nebraska's biggest waterfall, so I'm used to disappointing waterfalls. <laughs> <laughs> but I was struck by how different this label is than the other one. It is. The other one is just like the name of the beer in kind of an old-timey sign-looking thing. I don't know. Uh, and this one's like an artistic drawing. Yes, they are very different. I can't really, I don't know why, but I wonder if one at like the weather station one is kind of just there. All right, this is our stock kind of label, and we put weather station and the style in font or whatever. Or if it's it says counterpart brewing on the other one, which I'm just noticing, so maybe it's a collaboration. 
I'm not sure. Different styles. Different styles. Going on there. All right, Jeff, we spent a lot of time talking about 2021, but I want to look towards the future. What do we have in store for 2022? I think we should have 75 hot takes, each more <laughs> dangerous than the last. <laughs> the last one, the hottest of all. Yeah. Um, yeah, each hotter than the last. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, we know we have four sets next year, so we're not going to do the whole five set thing again. Um, that was just a fun experiment for Innistrad. I don't really know, I guess. But anyway, uh, what is it? We have Neon Dynasty. We have uh, Streets of New Capena, Dominaria United, and The Brothers War. So yes. um, those seem sweet. I'm not going to get in too much depth about those just because uh, we talk about it in our announcement video when they're, they're talking about all the announcements for the year. Uh, so go back and check that out before uh, Midnight Hunt, actually. But... Um, yeah, just uh, the future. What will it hold? What do we want to happen next year? Not outlandish things like before, but like right. real concrete things that will happen yeah, what, probably, yeah. maybe, at some time. We don't want to ask for like totally ridiculous things like being able to share deck lists in the actual client. No, no. We need to <laughs> Be. ask for th things that will actually happen. Things um, that I can control, not they can control. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, the first thing I noticed just from that set list is some high, I don't know what the right word is, like, people have some high hopes for these sets because, uh, they're very popular places. Like, Kanagawa has a huge fan base, and Dominaria, probably the biggest magic plane in, in existence. Mm -hmm. Uh, and Streets of New Capenna, to me, looks freaking amazing. So I have pretty high hopes for these sets, and I think a lot of people do. So I think the first thing to notice is that they've set the bar pretty high expectation-wise. Yeah, as opposed to last year, which felt fairly meh. You know right, I mean? when they told me the new sets, I was like, as someone who's not a D&D &D fan, I was like, okay, new thing, Vikings are cool, new thing, I, I guess Harry I like Potter. Harry Potter, we can try that. <laughs> D, D I know what that is. And then, oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to Innistrad, but that's at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Whereas this year is, like, right off the bat, Kamigawa, then a, a new set that is, like, you know, noir gangsters, sounds dope, uh, and, like, demons. And then Dominaria, Dominaria. So I'm excited for all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I might have my first hot take, actually. Um, okay. For the year, I think that Streets of New Capena is going to be the best set. Oh, see, the thing is, I want to agree with you on that though, because it just sounds so dope and like something that's right up my alley. Flavor <laughs> <wise>. <laughs> choosing, you just said choosing the new thing that people are iffy about is your new mo. So I just thought I'd jump yeah. on the bandwagon first. Yeah, um, you totally snaked me. But that's fine. That. You, you know, hey, if you don't actually <laughs> think that that's not true, let, maybe as a podcast, we're just going to say that. That Streets of New Capena is so going to be the best. Do we mean it's going to be like your favorite or it's going to be the most beloved? I don't think it'll be the most beloved, but I think it's going to... the be It's just going to be the best. I don't know. I don't know what that... What is the best? Because I was thinking like people are going to like one of the Dominaria ones the best, but mm -hmm. that one's going to be this, the one that I like the best was what I was kind of thinking. But... I think maybe collect like we'll both like that one the best. Okay, yeah. That doesn't sound that fun. I like that, I like that hot take though. Um, because you know it's 
there's some big guns in the lineup. People are just, there are going to be people that like the Kamigawa set, even if it sucks, and there are going to be people that like the Dominaria sets, even if they suck. Yeah. But Nuka Pena, hey, Noir Demons? Love it. Yeah. And I'm the person that's going to like that one, even if it sucks. Yeah. So. Maybe <laughs> it'll be fun for that one because I actually took a film course on film noir. Uh, so we should like uh, pair movies with cards. That'd be fun. Anyway, um, <laughs> maybe something to look for in the future. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so first of all, we were just talking about expectations with sets mm-hmm. and how people have really high expectations for everything. Um, just because Kamigawa, we haven't been back there since like I was a kid, you know, like exactly. Yeah. I think I was 12 or something. Yeah. I was like when champions came out, it's, which is crazy. It's insane to feel like it's been that long since we've been to, uh, cause no, no other set that I've really played has, has it taken that long, obviously, since we've come back to it. Kamigawa was the one. So it's giant. Right. I remember feeling this way when uh, Ravnica would like return to Ravnica and that was like eight years or something. Mm -hmm. That was like between when I was 14 and and 21 or some shit. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So this is, I was so shocked when they revealed that Kamigawa was going to be the set. Um, And we have a few kind of spoilers or leaks. I'm not sure. I think it's official. We have spoilers. Coming through here. Um, They look cool. Uh, not much we could really say at this point, but um, yeah, expectations are sky high yeah. for that set, I would say. I think they're, yeah, really, really high. Um, do we think it's going to meet expectations? I think people are going to be disappointed with it for two reasons. One, the magic community is always disappointed with everything that mm-hmm. comes out. That's the initial reaction is I'm disappointed. Um, but two, it's like they're trying to get away from Kamigawa intentionally because Kamigawa was not successful. Mm-hmm. It was from their vantage point, the Kamigawa block was a huge disaster. It's why we haven't been there for so long. And so the like diehard fans that love that are not, no matter what, are just not going to love the new one. There's no way to get them to uh, get the nostalgia that they want from the first one. There's not going to be enough of it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the you know the D and D mega fans who wanted more D and D in the D and D set, and forget that they have to make a successful Magic set first, and then hit the nostalgia second. I think that's right, especially um, and obviously Streets of New Capena. Uh, there's the expectations are fairly. It's a blank slate. Blank. Yeah, it's just like a cool concept, kind of mm-hmm. like Kaldheim was with the Vikings. And then with the Dominaria stuff, you know that's they're going in the past and we get to relive some things. But because uh, Kamigawa is taking such a huge leap into a different space and a different year that mm-hmm. uh, it's, you know, I could see hopes being dashed. However, I think uh, that it will live up to the hype um, if people let it. Because um, mm-hmm. if you can get over the fact that motorcycles are going to be in the set, then... Uh, right. Then I think you'll be fine. It just might be the flavor stuff that you have a hard time. But they are going to call back all the ancestors. There's going to be a ton of people that have the same last name as somebody from the other set, and you're going to love it. So, um, don't get me wrong. I think the set is going to be awesome, and, and like oh. really, they're going to do a great job. <clears throat> but I still think they will not meet the the expectations 
on the grounds that the expectations are too lofty to begin with and don't keep in mind that Wizards does have to still make a set for people that didn't know original Kamigawa, which is going to be most of the consumers. Yeah. Um, though, to be fair, I think Kamigawa is a really, uh, a really strangely beloved set by Commander players who never played Kamigawa originally because mm -hmm. of the, the, the huge amount of legends that are in it. Um, people are constantly going back and looking at Kamigawa cards. So right, it was kind of the first legend. Well, the first like modern set with, that had a legend theme. Yeah, before obviously legends. Legends was the first, was the first one, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I get that. But those are all like five fives for seven with three different mana symbols in there. And the only like, reason that they're special is because they're a legend. Like it, they don't have they're right. vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> Which at the time was a strict downside. So it's just like, what is, what is this? Uh, what, is, what is this card? The, yeah, um, we don't want legends to come back. Everyone, just yeah. remember that. <laughs> For people that are nostalgic about things, there are old magic cards. Sometimes suck. <laughs> yeah, and it's not even like those sucked by today's standards. Mm -hmm. Those sucked at the time. Too. Yeah, nobody like, played those, those cards. Yeah, they're just bad <laughs> yeah. cards. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to get into that debate, but um, but yeah, I I do agree that. Uh, Definitely Neon, in the wrong year on that discussion. Yeah, yeah. Neon Dynasty is the one that is going to have the <clears throat> hardest time living up. While, mm -hmm. strangely enough, I think the Brothers War and Dominaria United will be similar in the sense that um, they're, they're awesome because of the story that they're telling. And maybe if they don't tell the story well, then it might be a failure. Um, and people will really be excited about some of those characters and things. But uh, how the last Dominaria set went like the draft format was amazing and people yeah loved that it. that's it was a was a whatever home run slam dunk home run slam dunk yeah uh, and i actually think people overrate the draft format a bit i still think it was good but people talk about it as like the best of all time and i'm like i don't know no. more on me after after a while but um i still think that set was awesome and i had high expectations for it i was I was like, oh, these are like the cards I played with as a kid. Everything was from Dominaria. Mm -hmm. Why are they going back? This They're never going to get it right. And then when I played the set, I was like, no, they got it right. This is awesome. Yeah. So I, I'm not... Right down to like including Llanowar Elves, which hadn't been in the, you know, a yeah. card they printed in years. Exactly. Like everything. I was just like, this is amazing. This is awesome. Love this. So <laughs> I'm, I'm not worried about uh, that at all. I think that they kind of have that locked in. Yeah, they've shown that they know how to do Dominaria sets, so hopefully they <coughs> have enough to do too. But. Yeah, I mean, I think enough to go back and talk about this story that they haven't talked about in a while, and, you know, hey, Brothers War, again, getting us ready for the Phyrexians, so we'll see 2023 exactly. coming yeah. around, coming around. Yeah. Only concern is the artifacts theme in Brothers War, and artifact sets are always busted, so we'll see. Yeah, well, then it'll live up to the hype because it will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, all right. Don't so... don't buy anything if you can only buy one set. My money, my I would put my money on saving your money for the Brothers War because that's most liable to be busted. All right, so I think the Brothers War will not be busted. It's not going to be a busted artifact set. It is going to be perfectly fine. Artifact they wise. can't, man. I'm telling you, they every time they're like, we figured out how to make an artifact set that's not busted, and then it's busted. I don't think they can design an artifact set that's not busted. <laughs> I I know that they're on, like this is on their radar. I just yeah. don't think they could do it. <laughs> I think, I think the the closest they've come is Kaladesh. What I think, I think that 
the Brothers War is not going to be as much of an artifact set as we might think right now. Okay. So that is the reason why I don't think it's going to be busted. So that's our hot take number two. Is Brothers War going to be busted? Jeff, yes. Zach, no. No. <laughs> All right, it will not be busted. Uh, you heard it here for... <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Yeah. You also heard the other opinion here first, so make sure you give us credit either way. <laughs> that's true. Hey, reading regulars, they know what they're talking about. Um, with that being said, let's jump to a completely different topic, which is competitive play. Yeah. Um, what do we think... What's going to happen? This is the last year of the MPL, and then we're going to have Worlds, but uh, we will probably... I mean, we must have announcements about what's going to happen in the following year. Exactly. And I feel like 2022 is going to be the interim year they've mm -hmm. kind of not not so much said that but hinted at that that they're going to take this year to reflect and try to come up with a good system yeah last year they graduated right. and from the mpl and they're taking a year off to figure out what they're doing right until we get uh, i wouldn't to... call it a victory lap because i don't know if they no won. no like not that. a victory lap <laughs> yeah. but yeah so it's going to be kind of one of those years where Competitive play is kind of rocky, especially with, you know, who knows what's going on with the, the pandemic and all that. Yeah. I would expect that I think by the end of the year, we will have a system in place. Not not that we'll be participating in, that they'll have told us when it's going to start yeah. and whatever and how it's going to go down. Uh, and it's going to be a huge emphasis on online participation, of course, because they... They Have can't to. spend all this time building a system assuming that COVID's going to go away because nobody knows. Exactly. So. It's no. <laughs> yes, that's that's exactly right. No one knows what's going to happen with that. So I think you're right. Um, having it online and on Arena is what's probably right. going to happen. So. So right now we have like I know they just awarded Melee some uh, invites. Like MTG Melee has can give out invites to. Excuse me. The Neon Dynasty Championship. And so they've given it to their most prolific tournament organizers. So there's like um, the Hooklandia events and stuff mm -hmm. now give Neon Dynasty invites or invites to the league weekends. So that's kind of the temporary thing is I think they're going to still have these championships like they've said they would. And then you're going to be able to qualify for those through kind of random melee events. Yeah. Uh, through the or in the traditional path of the league week or the qualifier weekends. Yeah. Oh yeah, which you could get through the decathlon, which is yeah, there you the go. closest so I've ever you been. Might be seeing Zach there, <laughs> uh, the, the old Neon Dynasty championship with his uh, one of each Neon Dynasty cards. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, unfortunately, you could only qualify if you did all ten decathlon tokens. So I am already out. But ah, uh, my mistake. Yeah. So if you win. The finals, you're not qualified. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they'd at least give you the like qualifier weekend. Invite. No, uh, no, yeah, I'm still still waiting for that first invite, but you know, not there yet. That'd be so um, funny. It's like you've qualified for the qualifier weekend. Congratulations on winning like new player decks, uh, turbo sealed, and like uh, arena oh, cube. Now you yeah. gotta go play standard against Brad Nelson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that's what it is. Um, which I love. I think that's that's great. Uh, <laughs> especially playing against Sam Pardee recently, being like, it, wow. It would be fun, man. I would just, you, you get to play Arena Cube uh, against like good players and, and for some like actual 
you know, sizable prizes. That's going to be fun. Oh, no, no. The, I, the finals is going to be great. I took work off. It's going to be awesome. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see. Obviously, it's going to be different, but, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if I have any hot takes as far as like competitive play goes. Um, but what about decathlon play? Will we see another decathlon? Absolutely. If, yeah. So, there will be another decathlon because it was so fucking fun and everyone was probably be Super Bowl weekend or something. (laughs) Classic. Yeah. It's going to (laughs) be right when I can't play. Um, no, I think what they're going to do is either it's going to be in the summer. Um, and so they'll have like a summer decathlon and a winter decathlon as if it's like the Olympics or they're just going to keep it at the same stupid time every year at Christmas. Um, I would have had so much fun if I could have played more because the events I did play and even the ones I lost, I was still having a good time because it's just always different. Yeah, it was also fun because it was so cheap. Anyway, I don't want to get too into that again because we talked a lot about it at the beginning. But yes, there will. I think I lost like two to maybe 4,000 gold because my two qualifications earned me 1,000 gold. And then so that's the next one is free. And then I think I did two more that I I didn't do well in. So. Honestly, I probably came out but it was fun. through the qualifier. I probably came out below gold and wild cards because I would still craft decks. <laughs> I would just take right. lists and, and like, <laughs> oh, I'm missing some things. Time to build a historic art. I, I guess historic artisan wouldn't uh, run you too many wild yeah, cards, yeah. but they're all comments and uncommons but like yeah. time to build a whatever deck. whatever deck. um so i did spend some wild cards playing the decathlon but uh, maybe i'll get them back and i'll be even by the end of the whole thing but i had sounds like you had a great time i fucking love that dude that shit was sick <laughs> it yeah. was way more fun so anyways that. you also heard that here first there will be another arena decathlon yep there will well as usual there's always things i want to change about arena i think Everyone can yeah. agree that there are things they want to change, not only about Arena, but the things that they love. Right. Yeah, yeah. If you use something often and are passionate about it, you know, there's things you want. Yeah. For sure. So I think all my old grievances are still here. I would like to share deck lists with my friends, with my opponents, especially my opponents. When I beat them, I want to send them my deck list to be like, hey, you should play this because it's a lot better than whatever you're playing. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I would like the leaderboard. That would be fun. Maybe, you know, having one for drafting would be really fun as well. Um, If there's like a little profile area so that you can look up your opponent afterwards and see, you know, what ranks they are or if they only play limited or those kinds of things. Um, I think that would be that would be great. But even just being able to message them. We have the messenger thing. Can you not like... We could message. We have it. We could message them while we're playing, but I know yeah, that could be mean, toxic or whatever. But that's what they're worried about. I that know. for sure, and that's kind of the modern video game era. You can't actually talk to your opponents. I mean, it's you know, people abuse that privilege. I guess. Um, I don't know, but I, there's a mute feature, right? So it's yeah. like if there's an opt out feature, I don't really understand why it would be trying to ban something for tox- toxicity. But anyways, that's a discussion that's not really... It's not really about this, but... I'm not really... It, yeah, it's something to say. It's still... The leaderboard sounds awesome to me. I yeah. would love to just see... And, you know, people talk about how it changes multiple times per day, right? I'm just saying, like, have one that you publish the leaderboard that it's the way it is at 9 a.m. Pacific time that day. 
and you update it every day. I don't need to know who's first yeah. in a given minute, you know? Um, it would, like, sure, that would be better. But what I'm saying is, like, I'd be fine with a leaderboard that's, hey, at the start of today, this was what the leaderboard looked like. Um, you know, yellow hats, number one, and their most played deck is this. Here's mm-hmm. the deck list. Yeah. Like, that would be fucking sick. That'd be great. Especially if the most played deck was some brawl deck. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, because <laughs> obviously they didn't get there through that, but they get to Mythic and just played a bunch of Brawl. It, yeah. Like, I would I would love that. And also, maybe it's like, oh, it does it once a day or it does it twice a day through, like... Sure, yeah. You know, just I'm like, saying, like you don't 12 hours apart. You don't have to that much time in it. <clears throat> and I don't the, and need to be, like... It's not like a time series analysis. I don't need it to be up to date to the second... No. Um, and maybe it'll update more often the day it's about to change, you know? Right. So it's like, okay, now yeah, we're going to sure. update every hour and then up to the last bit. It's like we update it every 15 or five minutes or whatever. And then after that, it goes back to every 12 hours or, or a day. That, that would be the hours. biggest change I'd be looking for. It's just like, I don't know if it's in their best interest to do it in the sense that, like, is it worth devoting dev time to it? Or do enough people care? Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, if you're not a mythic player you pretty much don't care about those right like could they do it for tiers because it would be fun to see who's above you in your tier too yeah but for some reason they've been explicit that they don't really want to release mmr like uh, some games have your mmr explicit and this game has it implicit it has your your rank or your tier and not your uh, rating um so i don't know but I, I wouldn't like log in and be like, ooh, I'm like 14,000th best silver two player or something. I don't know. But, yeah. Uh, they probably just don't care. Uh, so it's really only for the mythic 1200 that care about this. And uh, that's not enough people. Yeah. <laughs> for them to devote dev time to it. So I get that. But it would be like when I played other games that had this feature where I was nowhere near the top of the ladder, I was silver or gold. Um, I could look at what the mythic players on the ladder are playing and take their deck list. Yeah. And that's the part that I think is cool. And I can be like, oh, now I know I have a good deck. Now I can know it's not the deck, it's me if I lose. It's the kind of thing that, like, yeah, it's and it's not just that. It's also just, it's usually a thing I'll do when I first play a game is look at the leaderboard to see what people are playing to see if, is the... Right. deck i'm playing is wrong or the character i'm playing is wrong or or just like what are the best ones like if i play mortal Kombat, i'm like okay the top players are like they're playing scorpion or they're playing i don't know jade <laughs> or something right yeah i mean it takes it's a like, true master <laughs> to play jade yeah but. right um <laughs> or some random other character you know i don't i don't really know what it is but um those things are helpful to be like okay these seem to be the best ones or this is the oh these First hundred players are playing the same character. Okay, so that must be the best character, right? Um, even totally. recently, I I've been I was playing uh, Wild Rift, League of Legends, Wild Rift, and they have loadouts for your items. And now you can click a tab that says these are the top three players that play this character, and these are their loadouts. And you can pick which one you want, and it just uploads it. And you're like, sick! I don't have to think about this. I can just pick the best person's thing and do it and it just seems like something that we're kind of 
Arena is letting other uh, other websites or other sources give that information or make it up or whatever when you could literally just give it to people. It'd be so easy. There, there's no game I've alt tabbed out of more often than MTG Arena. Yeah, because you gotta go. I'm just constantly alt tabbing out and grabbing deck lists and mm-hmm. putting them in my, you know, importing them because you can only import one at a time and stuff like. Um, it's like, why am I playing this game that I constantly have to... Leave. I mean, you didn't have to... Sorry, I don't know what it is on a Mac, but you just didn't have full screen, so you, I guess you need Alt-Tab. You just do, like... You zoom your four fingers away, right? And then you click the internet, and then you, you bring your four fingers back in. I use... It's it's a different window, so I just use two <laughs> fingers to swipe, and then I go to the next one. It's becoming clear that I don't really know how to use Mac. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so... I, but you know what I mean, right? Like, when I'm playing a game, it's usually... 99% of games, I'm just in that game and I'm playing it. Mm-hmm. And Mad, like MDG Arena is one of the only ones that I'm consulting other sources constantly. <laughs> yeah, and also as a new player, you have to figure out those are. And if you don't know what they are, you're just going to build whatever you have and then be pissed about whatever's going on and there's no information to tell you, hey, you could do these things instead. Right. And, and the way I like to learn new games is I try to learn them on my own. Mm-hmm. So I'll play like, the early levels, the tiers, and like play against people and develop my own understanding of the game. But then I'll check with what the best players are doing and try to figure out why the conclusions I came to was wrong. And Because mm-hmm. I know they're right. I know I'm wrong because mm-hmm. I'm the noob and they're the pros. I should be like, okay, why is this card good? Because I thought it sucked, but it's in every deck that the best players are playing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, and that for me, that's how I learn. But it's hard to, it's hard to do that in this game. It is. Because you can't do it in the client. It's also the kind of thing where, like, without an external um, tier list or something, you can't figure out why you're playing best of one and the life gain deck is wrecking you every time and you can't beat this deck and you go in best of three and it's nowhere to be seen. Like, these right. are the kinds of things that you could literally... It's confusing, for sure. Because you're... If I was a new player, I'd think of Johnny's Pride Mates, like, the best card in the game. Yeah. And then if someone told me that, I'd be like, Johnny's Pride Mate. No. No. (laughs) But these are real problems that happen consistently, and it's all these newer players that are playing this game that are looking at these things, or or, sorry, they're they're gathering evidence from their own experiences that have no place to look to see what are the decks people are playing, or or there's just nothing here that they can't... They can't uh, see what else is out there and without. The weird thing going is, like, else. this is in Wizards' best interest to get them to spend mythic wild cards on, like, pro decks. Exactly. Like. Right? So it, it seems like it, it, it's something that they would want to do for their own interest. Um, so, in, in any case, I think that they should. I think do it's just this. the ramifications aren't obvious. And so, you know, they oh. haven't undertaken it. Or there's some underlying thing that it just doesn't matter i don't know what it is but um it's, it's not really a pity party about the future uh but uh i do think that they should do this but obviously yeah it sort of turned into a pity party didn't it but it mostly started with like a leaderboard would be really cool that's kind of my number one yeah like arena feature i'd like to see exactly um but i also like that we're talking about the reality of what it is um totally so uh, and i do like you know i do like arena as a client for the most part you know it's like the features that they have implemented i like it's just some missing features that feel like they should be there exactly uh, so i know they'll do a good job if they implement that feature 
Absolutely. So, so and I, know, I, I just want it to be even better. Exactly. I always want it to be better. And I think we should probably tweet at Huey to tell him that he should do this. Yeah. Because I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty... Sure. I mean, Huey's obviously listening to this, so... I'm pretty sure it's also his job, and he's in charge yeah, of everything yeah, totally. now. Because totally. he works for yeah. Watsy, and so he knows everything that's happening, so... Well, you know Mark is also listening. Oh, yeah, Mark. I, f- I forgot about him. He's the one. He's in charge of everything, and we need to get him right. to do it. Because... Yeah, uh, Huey's like his, his right-hand man. Right, right, right. He... Mark. Um, he, he went over to his house for, uh, for New Year's. I remember, I, I knew that. So they're, yeah, they're I'm like sure, buddy I'm sure buddy. that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. sure. For sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, we could keep talking about things we would like on Arena. But, um, you know, I, I'm most interested actually in Alchemy being the number one format on Arena. Mm-hmm. Number constructed format. Sorry. Number one constructed yeah, yeah. format. I, I think... The answer is going to be yes. I think yeah. people are going to love it. Um, I already love it. And I know there's like a new format kind of honeymoon phase uh, that happens when anytime new sets come out or mm-hmm. like a format gets changed. And it's a similar thing with just introducing a brand new format. It's a lot of the same exploratory phase that goes on. Uh, but I don't know. It just seems like standard but more fun. Uh, with the da- the only downside is slightly higher uh, risk, right? Mm-hmm. Of in- your investment is is a little more risky, um, but it, it's like a different kind of risk, right? It's like instead of your card getting outright banned, uh, and then Watsy being like, "Well, it's legal and historic, so no wild cards." Um, it's like it just gets changed so that it's not as powerful, and it could get if if it goes away from the metagame completely it could get moved back yeah right so it's like it's a short-term kind of risk where maybe this card just ends up where it's supposed to be and is a good card instead of being a dumb card and you know the other way of just like cards that you wanted to be great that were not that just need a little tweak i think it's an awesome idea and i'm really happy that they're doing it and i'm because I know Historic is a dumpster fire, I'm not really worried about it having repercussions, which I know is a big thing people are talking about. Um, once we yeah, let go... Repercussions in Historic was kind of a joke to me as a, yeah. as a complaint, because it's like, that format is already so crazy. Yeah, like, it, what are you talking about? Historic is crazy. No, Historic's crazy. Let go of it. It's gone. Just, or or embrace it for that fact. Yeah. Hey, my random card that was banned here might get chained suddenly, and like... Who like, knows? Is that crazier than adding, you know, brainstorm to the format? Is that crazier than adding a bunch of modern, you know, cards yeah. to, into the format? Also, remember when Omnath got banned and I got a bunch of wild cards for it, and now I can play Omnath again because I still have it. Yeah, you shouldn't, but you can. You can. So <laughs> you you shouldn't play it because it's not good, but you can still play right. it. So they basically yeah. gave you four cards for free. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> I think that it is kind of the future of Arena as far as Constructed goes. And Standard is... Yeah. Um, the future of Standard is un, uh, uncertain. Um, but, you know, ultimately this is a game that's fun. And that format is fun. Yeah. And, like, it's a microcosm of the whole, you know, digital-only design talk, right? Because that's what we saw this year. Mm-hmm. And... 
some people were not too happy with that. Yeah. So far, it's been a, a positive experiment. But do you think it'll go too far? You know. I mean, let's say just alchemy aside, and in just all of arena. Are you saying just like the the bridge between paper or sorry the the split of paper and and a an arena will be widened forever? Like digital will will be completely. Yeah, is separate? that as big a problem as like the you know the profits uh the twitter profits have been saying i don't think that it will just because i know that the developers want magic to always feel like magic there's no part of them that wants to make it feel like it's not magic now magic will change and magic has changed forever and ever they will add things and change things and get rid of things because that's how magic the changes are almost always good right it's like when split cards came out everybody hates them no there was one change that i will never get over and that was the border they should never (laughs) change the border yeah it should still be white i agree um no actually the real change is planeswalkers are the worst they should never have made planeswalkers yeah yeah you should never be allowed to attack someone as though you can't be blocked if they control a plane. That, that's messed up. It's messed up, man. In Alpha, whenever the first Planeswalker was around. <laughs> Is there even a Planeswalk card? There are. Or? Yeah, there are. There's like five. <laughs> um, yeah. But most of the Planeswalk cards want to make sure your other cards don't have Planeswalk. It like... Every card with Planeswalk no longer has Planeswalk, and this is the only Planeswalker. That's basically what it's the card is. It's probably like a 1-5 with Planeswalk. It's like, what the For fuck? Six. This is yeah. an unblockability of, like, <laughs> mechanic. Why is it a 1-5? It's because it's white, and you can put equipments on it. Come on. <laughs> they were just waiting until equipments came out right. for, to, yeah. for that to happen. But um, Anyway, I don't think that this is going to become a H game or a, a legends of game i think it's going to be magic forever um i don't see any reason why we would want to change that and the split possibly from formats will feel drastic because people that play digitally and people that play in paper it'll be very different because the play experience is different so yeah um that's the thing right like i just don't have an issue with digital and paper diverging it's, it, Why is that a big problem? It's just a different experience, right? Yeah. I can play this one safely in my house whenever I want. It's wonderful. It's more ways to play the game, and it's a way that's not splitting the vote, so to say. It's not like people who would be playing this way are no longer doing it because of this other way or whatever. It's no. Like people if, who play online are online players, and people who play in paper are paper players. I don't and even... Some people do both. Like, I don't even think that's true. I think that people that are non-players play arena because they can for free on their phone and then they're like wow this would be cool my friend says that he plays at this uh lgs every week i'm gonna go and and get a deck and then you play both that's what happens and and like let's give our players a bit of credit and not like assume they're monkeys that are like oh this card is not the same as it was online Mm -hmm. i don't understand you'd just be like oh it's just different they'd be like okay Okay. And then you'll explain, you can play the regular card in standard, but the change card's in alchemy. They're like, oh, that's what that means. And that's it. (laughs) I don't know. People like to treat, you know, the general public as being total idiots when they design. It's just confusing. It's not even confusing. What are you talking about? Also, magic players... It just means 
one bit of clarification from anyone who knows the game. And by virtue of playing in paper, you'll be with someone. Who exactly. Knows. And also, magic players just tend to be fairly smart. It's, it's, yeah. It draws people that are interested people... in puzzles and figuring things out and numbers. Right. And those just tend to be smart people. I don't know why... I mean, We're present only... company excluded, of course. Oh, yes, of course, yeah. of course. But, um, <laughs> like, anyway, I... <laughs> I'm not worried about that. It's not an issue. No. It, no. People that play arena play paper. Pa- people that play paper sometimes play arena. Like, Yeah. I think your way of looking at it is great, that it's just going to get more people into the game, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. It's always a good thing. Have more people. It's great. Things change. Things always change. The only constant is change. So if you can't get used to that, buddy, you got more problems than magic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So um, (laughs) anyway, I think there's one last thing that I know you need to address. Oh, yeah. This is, I think, the most important question towards the success of magic in 2022. And it's, will Dubious Challenge finally be a card I can play on Arena? (laughs) (laughs) It's everyone's favorite card. It's inexplicably left out of the um, remastered uh, Kaladesh sets. Yeah. Yeah. um, I think there's... I mean, it must be the year, right? Like, they can't put it off any longer. The fans are clamoring. You know what they're going to do? Everyone is yelling for a dubious challenge they are going to take a dubious challenge they're going to change the name a little bit and then introduce it as a digital only card in alchemy i'll take it all right (laughs) there you go uh but you know hey they did five historic anthologies i don't know if they're going to do any (laughs) more so damn it it's just like a a total affront to the game i think that this card wasn't in the kaladesh remastered series but what are you going to do What are you going to do? Hey, it was a draft all-star. That's all I can say. (laughs) Did you draft it? Why? (laughs) No. I didn't even really play that format that much. All right. Well, Jeff, I think we've talked about the past. We've talked about the future. We've talked very long. Um, Yeah. So let's go to uh, our last call and rate the beers for the night. All right, so Zach, it's uh, kind of an unusual system we got going on here because we both just have, I don't know, third-party beers or, or the different beer than uh, either of the two we had. Mm-hmm. Should we just do like a one, two, three and then name our favorite? I think so. Yeah. All right, here we go. So on three or is it one, two, three beer? One, two, three beer. Okay. One. one. Two, Two, three, weather station. station. All right. (laughs) Here we go. I was pretty conflicted. This was was close to me. Um, I liked both of the beers you brought uh, quite a bit. Um, Good, good. The Hamilton line is is holding up, right? I was thinking that. It really is. When I had the first one, I was like, damn, this one's good too. Mm Mm-hmm. It was a little less close for me, I think, than for you, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm not uh, not totally sure why that is. I think I just liked the first one, and then the second one, the bar was already set high, maybe. I, I really liked the first one. It's definitely different than something I've tried 
before, which makes sense because it's a style that I really haven't had, but I liked it a lot. It had all the characteristics I like from kind of maltier beers with the characteristics I like from a pale ale. So, uh, or at least as far as bitter stuff goes. So, um, happy with that weather station, man. That was great. I'll definitely totally. have more of those. Yeah. So it's interesting because for me, that was like fundamental of, of that style. Um, because it's something I picked up a few years ago. I was like, I really like this. And then I started looking for extra special bitters. And they're, like we said earlier, impossible to find, mm -hmm. at least here in, in Toronto. So um, maybe, maybe in, you know, other places they're super common and we sound like idiots. But here they're pretty rare. And so every time I saw one, I would try it. Uh, and this is a, a really clean example of it. Mm -hmm. You get the kind of English maltiness with the american hoppiness and, and if you haven't tried it it's not all the way to a pale ale like the hoppiness and the crispness are kind of dialed back mm -hmm. it's probably closer to an english beer than it is to an american beer um, but it's definitely in that spectrum and so it's really cool to kind of blend those two styles together and this one came out really nice yeah i think this one's really good um as far as ratings go i would probably say we should talk about the ratings before we rate this beer um is what i would oh, say oh yeah because we always talk about that yeah before we, we, we uh, get into the discussion you know it's been a little bit of, of a time so you know maybe our our yeah, listeners I mean, we can't remember done one this year exactly so we have to make sure we do it for this year so as always remember that the rating system is everything to do about beers and nothing to do about your rank uh everyone is in every rank at some point uh, so uh, this is just for fun. But with that being said, bronze beers are trash. They're horrible. You throw them in the garbage and you pour them down the drain because you can't drink them at all. Silver beers are, you know, comparable to macro brews, your Budweiser's and whatnot. They're, um, they either are one of those or they just are micro brews that don't have a ton going on. Gold beers are fine, but you won't drink them again, really. Right. Platinum, these beers are solid. You will probably drink them again. You could see that happening. Diamond is, these are exceptional. You would recommend these to people and you will definitely be drinking them again and you'll be talking about them. And Mythic is top of the future leaderboard. These things are the best beers of the best. You'd recommend these to anyone who would listen. And at one point, when it's on this leaderboard, you'll even be able to download the recipe. Ooh, I like that. Download that recipe. Uh, will you be downloading the recipe of Weather Station? Is it that high? I don't think it's mythic for me, but for I think it was solidly diamond. Yeah. That's where I was kind of thinking of it. It's for sure a diamond. Um, I would go back to this brewery for this beer, um, mm -hmm. which exactly. is usually kind of where I'm in a diamond space, um, which pushing pushing diamond uh, up a bit. But uh, yeah, I thought this was great. Um, I would like more of this beer and more of the style, please. Everyone make this. I would like it. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, these English styles don't get enough love or no. like English-inspired styles uh, because, you know, I feel like people try it once and don't like it, but then if you get a brewery that really knows how to do it and knows what they're doing, you can get mm -hmm. a just a truly delicious beer. Yeah, you, you see, the thing is, with an English style, you need to make sure that you drink it cold. That's the, that's the big thing. Right. Because <laughs> uh, a lot of times you get it warm and whew, it's just not uh, not what you want. Um, <laughs> it's definitely off-putting to drink a warm beer. <laughs> just, you know, a little bit. Um, 
But anyway, let's move over to the Young Rival, which is our IPA for the night. Um, and I mean, I think I had fonder fonder feelings of this one. I, I liked this a lot. It felt really smooth, not as drastic of a change uh, as I was thinking it was going to be as far as like um, jumping into an IPA. Uh, I think the weather station might have felt a bit more bitter than Young Rival, which is funny. Yeah, and so that's almost my problem with it is that like um, it was less of a pale ale than the ESB was almost. Um, I don't know. It just it almost just felt flat to me, and I think like I was saying earlier, uh, it's because I had the ESB first. I think I, my expectation of how different it was going to taste like set me up and then when I took a sip it fell flat if that makes any sense I think it was interesting because the picture on the bottle is of these children claw, like clawing up to the top of this mountain but after drink, right it's a mountain of hops literally. but after drinking the ESB going into the young rival it felt like I was sliding down the mountain it was a nice right. like was, the bitterness was decreased I know and I loved it it was great yeah I it was so really it doesn't nice. mean I didn't enjoy it but mm -hmm. it was like not what I was expecting at all and my first sip was like oh what is this like weird IPA it it's you know it tastes like nothing and then I started to enjoy it more after you know I got into it but that first sip was like the weird disconnect between mm -hmm. what I was expecting and what I got and it's interesting because I was, um, I was expecting it to be like that, but my first sip was like, Ooh, I like this right. is like yeah. juicy and like feels so different. It's like a lot of the, the characteristics of juicy IPAs that I really like that are kind of sweet and like uh, thirst quenching that I really enjoy. And so that's why I was like, Oh, I like this a lot. Um, I can see that. So I'm going to put Young Rival also in a diamond. I think I, I liked it a lot. I would I would also pick this up next time I'm at this brewery uh, or whenever I can get there. So so I'm not going to lie. When I first took like my first sip, I was like, whoa, gold. Mm -hmm. And I mm. you know, decided that. Uh, and then as I drank it more, I was like halfway through it and we we're just having a random conversation. And the thought popped into my head about like, there's no way I could rate this beer gold. Like, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. So then I was at platinum. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I got all the way to diamond, but I was kind of like moving up as I drank it. I was like, no, rating this gold is insane. Like, I would definitely have this again. So, mm -hmm. And then like, oh, is it diamond? Like, it's a good beer. Uh, but I, I didn't quite get there. So I, I think I'll put it in platinum. Mm -hmm. But I will say I'd like to try this uh, just on its own without like the comparison next to a different beer yeah yeah definitely it, it definitely like started it in a hole and i was trying to like climb my way out i hey. literally remember having that thought it's like no it's ludicrous to, to rate this gold you can't do that. but so. you were trying to climb up the mountain hey there you go comes full That's circle right. i was climbing up the mountain yeah. of hops yeah <laughs> <laughs> trying to get to the hops i like that all right so um some diamonds and a platinum uh, hey, great to be back. I'm really happy we're... Hamilton fared really well. In Hamilton, <laughs> coming out of left field for me. Not Now, I did do a bunch of research and went to the two breweries that most people recommended to me. So it's... All right, well, uh, that's uh, that's great. I did not do that in Alberta, but... Uh... I think I like talked to people and was like, hey, in Hamilton, what are the cool breweries? I already know about Collective Arts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I know what Collective Arts is. Um, yeah. <laughs> perfect. Well, Jeff, I think it is closing time. Uh, closing time. 
One last call for alcohol. Yeah, we oh. haven't sung that all year, man. Is this the first time this year? It's amazing. I mean, unless you did it without me, but that'd be crazy. I right? did it a lot once when you were, you know, in your holiday ing. I, I just sang myself mm-hmm. to sleep most yeah. nights after <laughs> playing. While you're like dominating the decathlon. Yeah, every time Closing I got. Time. <laughs> that's what I would sing. That's what I need an emote of this next year. There will be an emote closing time from the arena regulars. Well, that's the hottest take of all. And that is, instead of saying good game prematurely, you say closing time. And then you <laughs> lethal attack. So much more annoying. Closing time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Oh my god. Yeah. We, it's, it's just so sad that it's never going to be a reality. How can we get that to work? How We got to do... <laughs> If you can, if if we can ever talk to our opponents, I am going to always say closing time before my lethal attack. <laughs> Wait, the, the important question: exclamation point or no? No, closing time. Dot dot dot. <laughs> <laughs> Ellipses. I love yeah. it. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you want to talk to us about how amazing it would be if we could say that, uh, you can always reach us at Arena Regulars on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find us on Arena under the username Arena Regulars Podcast. But if you're playing in the Decathlon Finals, Zach, what username will you be under? I am always under Zulberg on Arena and Twitter and Instagram. That is Z E U L B E R G. But Jeff, where can they find you? They can find me not in the decathlon finals, but maybe on Twitter uh, at BluesBruiseMTG, B-L-U-E-S-B-R-E-W-S-M-T-G. Also, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, follow us on Spotify and any place that you're listening to us right now. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and leave a comment on our draft videos. Uh, posting your feedback always goes a really long way and makes us feel great. We've had some really wonderful reviews recently, and it just fills my heart with joy. So, um, Yeah, that, that really made us both very happy. Yeah. So we love to see it, and we hope to, to keep doing what we're doing. This has been the Arena Regulars. Reminding you that Streets of New Capena is going to be the best set in 2022. Good night. All right, that's fine.